flames on the side of my face, breathing, breath, heaving breaths. Since there's no one here left to expose, I'll expose myself. Husband should be like Kleenex, soft, strong, and disposable. I don't know why. He's a murderer. I shouldn't. Are you trying to make me look stupid in front of the other guests? You don't need any help from me, sir. That's right! Anything else before we go? I didn't know you had two buttholes, Ed. Welcome to Worth the Watch Podcast. I'm your host, Ed Palola. With me as always, Colonel Mustard. No, Mike Kennedy. Hello, Mike. Hello, Eddie. Mike and I are here to find out who did it, where, and with what in this week's Clue. Released December 13th, 1985. Had a budget of $15 million. It only made $14 million in theaters. So this movie was really a box office flop. It did not do well. And it had some serious names in it when it came out. Mike, do you want to take a guess at the critic Rotten Tomato score? 50. 59%. Not a big fan. Would you like to guess what the audience score is? Um... 82. 86. This is probably one of the biggest discrepancies we've had so far in terms of critic score versus audience score. And that makes a ton of sense because this movie is a, I hate to use cult classic because that gets overused. This is more of a cable classic well, and a fan favorite. What I was going to say is too, is that probably when a lot of critics watch this, they watched it when it was in theaters and wrote the reviews. Probably. A lot of them waited probably till it came out on DVD. And the difference was, is in theaters, well, there's three different endings for Clue. You did not know. If you're listening to this podcast, you should know. But the, so they, the, when the movie came out, they only had one ending at the end. But they had all three endings. It's just you had to go. There's like an A, a B, and a C. So if you wanted to see all the different endings, you had to go to see the movie three different times. Now, when the DVD came out, they had the idea of just putting all the endings in. And that's the, the version that's been playing on cable since the late 80s. Yeah. Another thing is, in our, the research I did, some cities had newspapers print ads to show which version, ending A, B, or C, was being shown at each theater. So people would know they could go and watch a different ending. It's a good marketing plot. I think it just failed. Well, because the movie... The ending of the movie is the best part, and the best part is how he explains it three times. And I think people didn't like that it was just they were given one, and that's it. And I think it's, it's you know, you, you get one, and that's fine. But at the same time, it you're literally telling someone to go see, go to pay, you know, however much it costs to, the, to go to a movie to see, you know, what, the last ten minutes of a movie. Yeah, it, it's a good way to get people to go see the movie again but i think it just didn't quite work imdb score 7.3 out of 10 so i broke the cast into two different groups which is names you might recognize and names you likely don't recognize so the cast names you might recognize tim curry plays wadsworth or as he later becomes known mr body he was in the the butler the butler Three Musketeers, which he's awesome as Cardinal Riccolo. He's fantastic. Scary Movie 2, Home Alone 2, 
And he did this movie in the 80s called Darkness. It came out right before this with Tom Cruise. The only reason I ever bring it up is because it's referenced a lot in pop culture because of his costume he wore as the devil. And it kind of became like the standard version of the devil going forward. There's an adaptation of it on Family Guy when you see the devil with the giant horns. There's an adaptation of what the devil looks like in South Park when you see the red face with the red body and the giant, 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 giant horns coming off it. That's what that movie was from is Tim Curry played the devil in this movie, Darkness. So just wanted to point that out there, especially with Halloween coming. You know, like Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yes, right. He did Rocky Horror Picture Show too, which I've never seen, but that's what he's known for. Next is Michael McKeon. He plays Mr. Green. He was in This Is Spinal Tap. He was in Airheads. He actually has a TV show on now that I recommend for anybody that's a bit of a foodie and anybody likes facts, especially like someone like you, Mike. The show literally called Food Factor Fiction. It's just a 30-minute show. He's the host of it and the voiceover. And it's kind of interesting. It's like how certain things became. One example was how grilled cheese and tomato sauce became a thing. And it goes all the way back to World War II and then after World War II and how it, they tried to incorporate it in school lunches and stuff. It's a really interesting show. That's okay. Um, Ed, one real quick thing, too. Um, uh-huh. You said he was in a movie called Darkness? Yes. No, the movie is called Legend. He played Darkness. Oh, I'm sorry. It is Legend. 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 The movie is called Legend. Tom he plays Darkness. Tom Cruise. Yes. Yeah, I wrote yeah. down Darkness because that was his character name. Well, I was like thinking the whole time I was like – What's he talking about? I've never heard of this. Yeah. He played the yes, devil legend. legend. So I actually looked yes. it up real quick and I was like, oh, yeah, it was legend. Yeah. He wasn't considered the devil. It was called darkness. So yeah. I apologize. Thank you, no. Mike, for that. Yep. And next is Christopher Lloyd, who plays Professor Plum. We're going to be talking about him a little later. Martin Mole plays Colonel Mustard. He's been in almost every TV show ever created at this point. He was in The Ellen Show for a while, he was in Roseanne for a while. He's had a recurring character as a lawyer on the TV show The Ranch. It's out now. If you look at his IMDb page, he is in so many TV shows, and you've seen him a million times. Madeline Kahn plays Mrs. White. She's most notably from Blazing Saddles, Young Frankenstein, those uh, Mel Brooks-y kind of movies. Although she was not in, surprisingly, she was not in Spaceballs, which we just did recently. I would say, okay, the cast you likely don't recognize. Leslie Ann Warren plays Miss Scarlet. A interesting fact, Carrie Fisher was originally cast as Miss Scarlet, but she ended up in drug rehab four days before filming started. So they ended up settling on Leslie Ann Warren. Someone who was very happy they settled on Leslie Ann Warren is the producer of this movie, John Peters, who produced A Star is Born. He produced Ali. He produced the original Batman movies with Michael Keaton. He produced Tango and Cash. And he is married to Leslie Ann Warren. And I don't know if they met on the set of this or not. I did not get to deep dive into that. But I just found that very interesting. John Peters, you'll see his things he's produced and directed is, is all over the place. Next is Eileen Brennan. She plays Mrs. Peacock. She died in 2013 uh, at the age of, I think, 80. She was in a lot of movies in the 50s and 60s. Mrs. Peacock obviously being the oldest one out of, out of all of them. And the last one is... Colleen Camp plays Yvette. She is in Police Academy 2, Police Academy 4. I think she's in 3, too, but I didn't quite see. Uh, you'd recognize her if you saw her. She's in Die Hard with a Vengeance. She's one of the people working with Bruce Willis, the one that's kind of yelling at him. Mm-hmm. And then she's also in Wayne's World, 
She is Brian Doyle Murray's wife that's getting hit on by one of the roadies. Okay. I didn't even really realize I realized until I went back and looked. I'm like, oh, yeah, that is her. So interesting thing about Yvette, Jennifer Jason Lee, Demi Moore, and Madonna were considered for the role of the buxom French maid Yvette. Eager to earn the part, Colleen Camp went to her audition in the French maid costume. In 2013, uh, a BuzzFeed retrospective, Je- director Jonathan Lynn admitted that he was impressed with Camp's comedic acting schools, skills, and it was her well-endowed figure that ultimately convinced him. So kudos to her. So that is every- what, he's, what he's saying is she got it because she had nice cleavage. She, she, she's big north of the border. Yeah. So that's all I got from the cast. Mike, why don't you get the movie synopsis for us? Um, the only thing I'm going to say is that the singing telegram girl, Yeah. I didn't look her up or anything. I just know she's got to be the chick Joan of Arc from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. She I, I, might be I, that. I, 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 fr- I froze it on her when I was watching it, and I was like, that is definitely got to be. Well, I will look that up while you ask that because I know she actually is a musician. So I will look it up while you're reading our synopsis, Mike. Okay, cool. All right. On a dark and stormy night in 1954, six individuals with ties to Washington are assembled for a dinner party in a swanky mansion of one Mr. Body. Mr. Body's butler, Wadsworth, welcomes each guest by their colorful name, Mr. Green, Colonel Mustard, Mrs. Peacock, Professor Plum, Miss Scarlet, and Mrs. White. Two additional servants, the cook and Yvette, the maid, assist Wadsworth as he informs the guests that they are being gathered to meet the man who has been blackmailing them, Mr. Body. After Mr. Body arrives, he reminds the guests that he still holds their secrets, provides them each with weapons, a knife, a candlestick, a rope, a wrench, a lead pipe, and a revolver, and tells them that killing Wadsworth and destroying the evidence will protect their secrets. The lights go off, there are some shuffling noises, a gun goes off, and when the lights come back on, Mr. Body lies dead on the floor. Soon we find the cook dead, with a knife in her back, and later a stranded motorist, a cop, a singing telegram girl, and Yvette too. Six bodies in total, and everyone's a suspect. And that's pretty much about it there for you, Eddie. Well done, Mike. And I can tell you, your spidey sense was tingling very well. Her name is Jane Wieldlin. She was Joan of Arc in Bill and, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. And a fun fact about her, she is the rhythm guitarist from the Go-Go's. Oh. Yes. Go. So, yeah. Well done, though. You, you nailed that right on the head. As soon as I pulled her up, the first picture that showed up was her as Joan of Arc. I, I just happened to not to watch Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure probably like two months ago. So I was gonna say, I like probably haven't seen that movie in 25 years. So very well done, Mike. Very well done. I was like, I probably, it was over the summer. I think actually I, maybe the beginning of summer, I actually just scrolling past and I was like, yeah, I'm going to throw it on, you know, just in the background and watched it. All right. Well, before we move on to our next part, let's take a quick break with a word from our sponsor. Best scenes. What you got, Mike? I try to keep it to, you know, just a few. I do like, the when Wadsworth first shows up and as he's answering the door like when he steps in the dog shit and then like the guests are kind of every single time a guest comes in they like are smelling the dog shit and like check their shoes when it's yeah. actually Wadsworth who stepped in at the very beginning and just didn't clean his shoes off good enough <laughs> I enjoyed <laughs> but I probably would say obviously my favorite scene is the very end reenacting the three different murders like 
boom to boom to boom to boom and how he's just you're just running from room to room like everybody's frantic it's it's just kind of like a fun mess i enjoy it i do enjoy the scene where they're counting the bullets you know one plus two plus one plus one or something yes <laughs> I was going yes. like that that's a really good scene that my that was also my my brother sent me a text telling me i had to include that scene i was like well i've already got it you don't have to worry about it and then when the cop shows up the cup co- the cover-up scenes with the cops you know like nothing to see here just some folks having a good time and then yeah, dead, the dead drunk, dead, dead right. <laughs> and now they just kind of like he's like he's not gonna drive home. He's like, yeah, we're, we're, we'll we'll get him a car, a long black one. <laughs> so to me, it's it's all about the ending. Uh, I like using this line, but Tim Curry is pitching a hundred miles an hour on that scene. Uh, the fact that they did three different endings to it. And they explain everything. Any movie where they're going through and explaining and explaining like what happened in detail and showing and going back and showing clips of it and stuff, I'm in. I'm always in on that kind of stuff. That's why I think I like CSI and I liked Monk and I like uh, Burn Notice and shows like that. When they're given the here's what actually happened kind of thing, I'm always in on that. And uh, a couple things about it. Because I, I think I have some more on that later, but um, as you say, it's just it's enjoyable just to see how you can how the movie whole movie goes, but how you can kind of shuffle the ending a few different ways. Uh, you bring up an interesting point that the entire movie, any one of those three is we'll say plausible, and then they give really those two with between Miss Peacock. Mrs. Peacock and Miss Scarlet is what we'll call plausible. And then the third one is actually the good one that makes sense that each one of them had a connection to them and that they, um, Wadsworth's actually Mr. Body, which is the big reveal. Spoiler alert. The way it's assembled is just really, really good. That's the best way I can say it. Which of the three endings do you like the most, Mike? I want to say probably the very last one where, I agree. I where like Tim that one Curry's the most. The one kind of where everybody's killed everybody, pretty much. <laughs> like everybody's killed everybody, and I said this because when I saw this, this had like the beginning feelings of like the Ocean's Eleven type heist movie, where you're watching everything the whole way through, and then they reveal everything that happened at the end, and you kind of have to start reassembling all the pieces in your head. And I wonder if, you know, Steven Soderbergh took anything from that. Just a thought. I can, I can, I can handle that. So some of the best lines. You already said one of them that I had. The one yeah. plus two plus two plus one. I still do that to this day. If I say, if I'm standing near my dad and I say one plus two, he'll say one plus two plus two plus one. Other than your, your brother, I feel like I've seen this movie as much as anybody. But between the ages of, we'll say, 5 and 15, I probably saw this movie 75 times. And the thing is, we taped it off of TV. I talked about this when we did Masters of the Universe. I missed the first... I always catch it where we taped it. It started right when he, uh, Mr. Body, the fake Mr. Body, goes to turn off the light. And Professor Plum shoots him. That is the start rate where I got. So I always miss the first part of the movie. 
because we would sit in, we pop the, t- the tape in and we'd watch it. That's where it picked up just because that's all we were able to tape off mm-hmm. the TV. So to actually go back and watch the beginning again, I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. Oh yeah, that's right. When they come in and um, you see that Mrs. White and Yvette know each other and yada, yada, yada. But I always miss that opening part, including the dog shit part. But getting back to what I was saying, the one plus two plus two plus one, that was one that we'd say all the time. Another one I like is, to make a long story short, too late. I still do that one. And one that I never caught as a kid because I didn't get it, when they're talking to Mrs. White and she says, men are like tissues, they should be disposable. And then she brings up something about flies. And then she says, flies are where men are most vulnerable. I thought that was a good line. I I never really caught that as a kid. So those are the three I had. Do you have any more? um, I do enjoy the scene where I enjoy when it happens in real time, and then when he reenacts, when he slaps Mrs. Peahawk and he goes, he's like, I had yes. to stop her from screaming. <laughs> Does a perfect uh, Mr. Mr. Green impression. And then... Um, Even pretends to push the glasses back. Just a little scene where they're like, he he even threatened to kill me in public. Why would he kill you in public? Wouldn't kill you in public? And he's like, no, I think, I think she means he threatened her in public. <laughs> There is a lot. There is a couple of those. Another one is uh, you're making me look like an idiot. No, I think you're doing a good job of that yourself. Exactly. Uh, with Colonel Mustard. The, uh, the other one, he I says, said the, is, the last line that I have. This is one actually my brother got me. And I'm really glad he said it because as soon as you replay, I go, that is an awesome line. Um, since there's no one, no one here left to expose, I'll expose myself. Please. There are ladies present. <laughs> I was only going to hit that little thing where she just like, search me. All right. <laughs> Get your hands off me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of innuendo and stuff that, as we've stated with many of the movies we've done, I didn't get as a kid. And now I do. That, that, that's like, I that, that's to... how Spaceballs was for me, too. It was like, really. Yes. Like, yeah. Spaceballs was the one we brought like, up. Like there's that. there's and... probably still to like almost this day where I get something, where I pick something out. All right. Uh, favorite character or characters? I, I gotta go with Wadsworth. It it starts and ends yeah. with Wadsworth. That, Tim that, Curry that, is so good. In that that scene, that ending scene, just he could not be in the rest of the movie. And that ending scene, just him just running around, he just does an excellent job. Yeah, I mean, he carries the char- other characters' movies are good. I really do like Mister Green because I I like Michael McKeon a lot. And he he was annoying when I was growing up as a kid, but now I find him much more entertaining. Uh, but yeah, it's it's all about Wadsworth. He's so good. I did like Colonel Mustard a lot growing up. I don't know why. Um, He's a murderer. I shouldn't. I mean, they're all murderers, maybe. Except Mr. Green. And will he kill someone at the end, too? Yes, he does. He, he technically yes, he, he murders them at the end, too, because the guy's not going to kill him. He pulls his gun out and just shoots him. Who, Wadsworth? Yeah, at the very end. Yeah, he only has one bullet, too. So if they were all just running in different directions, at least five of them would have survived. Yep. Can't kill them all with one bullet. Can't kill them all with one bullet. So our top five this week, we bounced back and forth between Tim Curry movies and Christopher Lloyd movies, but we settled on Christopher Lloyd. I'll I'll start this one in reverse order. Number five, I had The Addams Family. Number four, Dennis the Menace. Number three, Clue. Number two, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. And number one, 
Back to the Future. And 1985 was very good to Christopher Lloyd because Back to the, the first Back to the Future and Clue both came out in 1985. So he had a he had a pretty good year that year. But as you can see, all the movies he did that were good were between 1985 and 1995. Uh, I don't know about that, but he had some good movies. Going South. I don't think I've ever seen that one. It's a premise based off uh, Jack Nelson's about to get hanged, but they do like old school, like like Roman law or something like that, where if a female landowner marries you, you can keep yourself from being hanged. Trying to find like a, you know, a woman to marry him last second before he gets hanged and stuff like that. And there's a lot of other stuff that goes on in it too. Well, interesting. Never, I've never one seen that one. The Cuckoo's Nest? Never saw Cuckoo's Chris, Nest. Christopher Lloyd's in that one. You've never seen One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, Ted? Nope, never saw that movie. Well, you probably should. <laughs> Danny it's DeVito, Christopher Lloyd, Jack Nicholson, a few other people you would recognize in it, too. Nicholson won the, the Oscar it's, for that. It's a very good movie. It's weird. But it's what I hear. Good. I just never got around to watching it. I think I put I put it in the same box as Clockwork Orange too much. Clockwork, and, Clockwork, and Clockwork, really Clockwork Orange is on a completely different level than that one. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. I think they just came around no. out there around the same time. I it's one of those classic movies I actually have to sit there but and watch. I have uh, Who Framed, Back to the Future. I just put Back to the Futures. Just cause put kind of yeah. comped all those. I put down Adam's Families because Adam's Family Value, I think he's actually does a good job in that one too. I should have I should have uh, said that when I when yeah. I brought him up. But. I figured that's probably what you meant. I have Clue on there. Actually, it was One Flew Over Cuckoo's Nest was on the list, but then at the bottom, my two honorable mentions were Dennis the Menace. He's only in it for a small amount, and Dennis the Menace as a whole really isn't that great of a movie. He was good as a kid, but now I'd be like, this movie sucks. But, yes, but I, I just remember Chris Lloyd at the end, like you know the homeless, guy, yep, the, the weird, weird homeless guy, guy like has the knife and like eating the can of beans. I remember like that. That's like what I remember from the movie at the time. I was just about to say that too. <laughs> and then um, I put angels in the outfield. I just think yeah, that he we did was that movie last one of the year better and... parts in that entire movie. Which is yeah. a shitty movie. <laughs> one I wanted to add that is a terrible movie, but I remember it as a kid is walk like a man yeah, I know, I know you're talking where about it's so bad looking back at it. It's Howie Mandel is like raised by wolves, and I think it's Christopher Lloyd's daughter's the one that discovers him or something and falls in love with him. It's weird. It's it's bad. It's bad, but I want to add it in there. <laughs> yeah, but I just want to bring it up because I want to talk about how bad it is. All right, so let's get into some thoughts on the movie then. Obviously, based off the game Clue, I loved the game Clue growing up. I played the game Clue quite regularly. And I thought they did a really good job of matching the board game and the layout, even with the secret passages to the movie, or the movie to the game. The whole thing was built on a set, except for the ballroom. They used the ballroom at some place in like outside Cal- outside LA or something. But the rest of it was literally just an entire set built. No, they did do a really good job matching it to the game, though. It, it was room by room. Um, square by square essentially that was was matched up perfectly so i'm going to give you five movies based on board games mike and i want you to rank them for me all right 
Give me a second. Man. I just happen to have a piece of paper right here. I'm gonna All right. Write that so I can are, you, are you ready? Yep. Clue. Probably Battleship. Ouija. Jumanji with Robin Williams. And Jumanji with The Rock. If you think I missed any, you can add them in. But those are the five I could think of. And I, I did from what I could look up. The rest were movies that I never really heard of. I'm going to have to go with Clue, number one. All right. Good choice. Um, with The Rock, then the other Jumanji, and then Battleship, and then Ouija, because I don't think I've seen Ouija. <laughs> I've never seen Ouija either. I think it was one of those weird horror movies that was Listen, supposed to win. Battle- never really was. Battleship is bad, but I think I probably would still watch Battleship again over seeing we just we're going to just seeing Ouija because it just does not seem like something I'm interested in at all. Yeah, I have no interest in that. I think Ouija boards are the biggest who, joke who, outside whoever of the main character, Whoever the main character is in Battleship, I can't remember his name is. He played Gambit in the in like the one Wolverine. Oh, movie. Taylor, Taylor or whatever. Kirsch. Yeah. He, yeah. He um he's not a good actor. I feel bad. Like don't put him in the main role. He could be like a supporting character, but don't make him the main character. Yeah, he can't really carry. Like yeah. you said yeah. with like the John Carter movie, that with a good actor as the lead would have been a good movie. Like literally everybody yeah. else in that movie is a good actor. <laughs> not him, but he's I, a big I character. never saw the movie because it did so horribly, but um, yeah, he's just not really, he came off Friday Night Lights and they thought they could make a star out of him. They, and they they've been not. like forcing him, you know, force feeding him. He he acts the exact same in every movie. He's got zero range. Zero, like literally. <laughs> well, there's a reason he hasn't been anything in a while. The exact same person in everything, and he needs to play a bad guy. They're having him try to play the good guy, and he's not good at it. He needs to play a bad guy. I saw him as a. Well, he was kind of a bad guy in uh, Friday Night Lights, wasn't he? Wasn't he kind in of what? a dick. In Friday Night Lights. That's where we got to start the, the not, TV I mean, show. I barely watched the TV show that, but I'm just talking about his movies, they have like you know played Gambit, who's kind of like actually made a little bit more sense for him, but he's just not, you know, suave like Gambit was. So he just sucked. And then Battleship, he's just a military jerk off dickhead, like thinks he's better than everybody and can get away with everything. And then. Um, the only movie that he's bad in is that movie with John Keaton. It was like Assassins or something like that. Or I never um, saw it. It actually was okay. The kid who's in it, who's like the main character, he's in all those uh, The Maze Runner or whatever and like Scorch Trials or whatever. I can't remember, but there's like, th- there's like a three of them. Kind of like a Hunger Games type thing with a male lead instead. No well, it's, like I said, I watched all three of them because I watched the first one just because it was on Plex and I was bored. There was nothing else to watch. I was like, oh, I'll just put this on. And then I felt committed as the next one's watch, one came out. I watched them. And unfortunately, the last one was the worst one. <laughs> <laughs> That's generally how it goes. I was like, I didn't mind the first two, actually. But the last one, I was like, this is bad. But he, he was a bad guy in that one. That's what I was trying to get at. And I thought he was actually okay in the role. He was a like a probably like the third or fourth main character, and that was a good role for him. And he's a bad guy. 
Like he's probably like the third main character. It actually wasn't a bad movie. Michael Keaton doing his thing. I'm a big Michael Keaton yeah. fan. Not gonna, not gonna, not gonna say anything bad about him. Pittsburgh, born and raised. She touched my peppy. Yes, <laughs> that we got to do that one soon. We got to get, we got to get our uh, our famous friend to come in for that one too. So, uh, another thing about this is, this was, I'm always up, well, not always, but I'm up for a good dark mansion movie too. And this, I feel like we need to bring that genre back. I feel like it's been a while. It was big in like the 70s and the 80s. Lots of movies that took place in mansions that where I don't like horror films, but I think mansions always make for a fun backdrop. And I feel like we need that again. Like old mansion, like super old mansion, turn of the century style. Any other thoughts on the movie? Um, I'm going to add. I liked how they had a uh, a body room where they kind of were just trying to take the bodies. That, like, everybody take the take the bodies to the room, like <laughs> pretty much. Um, but just something else that another reason why that the movie may have not done very well in 1985. Mm-hmm. Rocky IV, Spies Like Us, The Color Purple, and The Jewel of the Nile, all at, like at around the same time. Just too and much just, of it. Just a lot of other movies to go see. And, you know, back then, it's like you went to the theater and saw a movie. You didn't do it every week. You'd go, like, once a month, though. So, like, by the time you right. watched, you know, that's at the bottom of your list. You're watching Rocky Four. You're watching Spies Like Us. You're watching Jewel of the Nile. Like, that's what I would go watch. Clue would be, like, the last one just because I probably wouldn't have known it as well. It, yeah, I mean, you think well, this is a board game? Why? Why like, did they make a that movie? That was like out of a big this? date. Now you just go to the movies for fun. It's not like a date night or anything like that, really. You know, you go to the movies for yeah. fun. And but back then it was like a big thing to go to the theater, and even like the eighties when cinema was getting like real like big. So I guess that, you know, when you have those other big movies coming out. Yeah, it's just it's too much competition yeah. going on at the same time. And then, Actual entertaining movies in the theater, huh? Who would have thunk it? Weird. But no, that's all I believe I got for thoughts on the movie. So, thought-provoking question. Gotta tie this thing together. When J. Edgar Hoover calls, in the two maybe-that's-what-happened scenes, he calls for Wadsworth. Remember, Wadsworth says he doesn't, he's an FBI He's like doesn't FBA. necessarily say it's for Wadsworth. He goes... Why is J. Edgar Hoover on your phone? No, but when they go and they do the explanations at the end, when the two of them are Wadsworth and he says it's Mrs. Peacock and Mrs. and Miss Scarlet, he says that call for J. Edgar, that call from J. Edgar Hoover that was from me. In the third one, Mr. Green says um, that call. Mr. Green says that call was from me because there's a line where he says after he shoots him. After Mr. Green shoots him, Miss Scarlet looks at him and says, who are you? And he says, I'm a plant. And she goes, I thought people, I thought your people were usually called a fruit. Because Mr. Green said he was a homosexual. That was not the real, the, the point of that was, and it took me forever to figure this out. I never understood what was going on. That wasn't the real Mr. Green. The real Mr. Green was being blackmailed. This guy stood in for him. 
as an FBI plant. By plant, I mean he was planted by the FBI there to figure out I what get was it going in. on. So the so the I I never knew that. I didn't. I never could tie those two together until really this time I watched it. And actually paid attention. I was like, oh, now I understand it. So, but what I'm trying my my question is, when J Edgar Hoover called, and Wadsworth went in and talked to him. In version ending number three, why didn't Wadsworth have any suspicion raised as to why J. Edgar Hoover was calling the building? I mean, everybody there works for Washington, so it could have been anything. I know. guess. I mean, him going and saying, yeah, he's on everybody else's phone. Why wouldn't he be on mine? But he comes out and he looks all flabbergasted and then sends the cop back in there, yet Still, it never comes back up again. I don't know. I just feel like it was a little confusing. That's all. Uh, I guess I, that could go under my I know it's a movie, but, and that's the only really thought-provoking question I have. The I know it's a movie, but Wasworth at the beginning says the police will arrive in 39 minutes and the chief rings the bell 45 minutes later, but then you find out he never actually called the cops in the first place, right? That's not really. I know it's a movie, but well, the the cop comes because the car's wrecked. Yeah, so he never even actually called the police in the first place. No, but the chief I'm talking about is not um, not him. It's the guy oh. in the hat that's talking about Kingdom of Heaven. But he was an FBI agent anyway, so I guess that doesn't even really matter at this point. Yeah. Um, the one maybe other I know it's a movie, but is the one where. Miss Peacock is a killer. Would she really yes. be able to run down the hallway <laughs> and catch Mr. Bond no. and kill her? No. No, she's a mess. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, like I, that was a little bit far-fetched. I know we did favorite characters. She is far and away the least favorite character. I know we don't do that one anymore, but I think that needs at least to be acknowledged. Um, I concur. All right, internet facts. Uh, you already picked out Jane Wielden, which, again, was really impressive, Mike. Uh, supposedly, the actor playing Mr. Body is the front man of a punk rock band named Fear. Supposedly, he was chosen because his name is Lee Ving, and it's because Mr. Body will be Lee Ving soon. I don't know if that's true or not. It sounds fun. And the other fact I have is this... In the opening credits, it says New England 1954. Soon afterwards, Miss Scarlet is picked up by Professor Plum and explains she is on her way to Hill House, which is off Route 41. In real life, New England, there is a Route 41 that spans the northwestern section of Connecticut through southwestern section of Massachusetts. So Hill House is located in either one of these two New England states. So that actually matches up. And someone did some research, at least went before they did that. Uh, do you have any more internet facts, Mike? There was actually less than I <laughs> Um When each character arrives, a classic car reflects the color of their name. So when they first meet, so okay. whenever like, you see Miss Scarlet, she's on the road beside a red car. Professor Clown has a plum car. Colonel Mustard shows up in a yellow car. Peacock blue and so on. All right. So um, that's one thing. Um, the role of Miss White uh, was originally underwritten until they got Madeline Kahn 
and they realized that it needed to be more interesting of part, so they made it a little bit bigger of a role when she came on as it. Well, it's because she's great. Because she's good. good. She's incredible in Blazing Saddles, for the record. I just wrote this one because I thought it was funny. Clue is oddly embraced today by millennials, despite the rampant political incorrectness. Let's hope this is a promising sign. <laughs> Lily was one of the facts on there. <laughs> and I was like, I'm totally adding that one in. Uh, That's all going to swing back, for the record. The whole cancer culture thing, everyone's going to finally realize that it's dumb and it'll swing back. Just give it time. Just like everything else. The whole flame scene, that was a riff. I heard that. The, the whole thing. That's why she kind of rambles yeah, through she's it. She's like, the, 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 the fire, there, there, there was fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, apparently Lynn, the uh, director or writer or whatever it was, it was, he's not a huge fan of the improvision, but she apparently was all about the improvision. <laughs> and um, she was supposed to be talking about how much she hated Yvette in that scene. And then she just went with like the fire and flames part the flames on the side of her face there was no need to do a where are they now because the thought would be they all died in jail except for Mr. Green but thought provoking question how many of them you think took a plea deal Mm, back then you gotta think Miss Scarlet right I'm sorry uh, Mrs. Peacock she's a senator's wife she probably got away with it Probably, Scarlet probably got probably didn't make it. She probably got killed. She knew <laughs> got killed. She got. She got. Oh uh, yeah. She got. She she, she committed suicide like somebody else we know in jail. <laughs> mhm. And that's probably what happened. Uh, Colonel Mustard. Colonel Mustard probably put on his army outfit and killed himself. Either either that. Or like that guy, in, or he um, probably did a plea deal too because he probably got less because of his. He was an actual colonel, maybe because of like the service to his country, he probably got less. Well, not if he was selling stuff on the black market. He might have gotten charged with treason and been if killed he, himself if, and been killed well, for he it. He would have killed himself then. Yeah, like uh, that guy in um, a few good men. Yeah. All right, so who would be in the remake? And this one is especially, and the whole reason we did this one now is about two weeks ago, they announced Ryan Reynolds and Jason Bateman had signed on to actually do a remake. So I know, Mike, you weren't very pleased with this, but I ran with it. (coughs) No, it's like I'm fine with them doing a new one, and I'm even fine with those two. I'm just was in my head. I was kind of like, "Who's who's going to be? Wh- who's care? Who are these guys going to be?" So I got I got some for you. All right, all right. So let's start out with uh, Wadsworth. That's got to be Ryan Reynolds. It's the perfect fit for him. Oh, no way. Where do you have him? Uh, or do you not have him at all? I wasn't going to put him in all, but I put him down as Mr. Green. Oh, I have Jason Bateman as Mr. Green. Because I think Jason Bateman can be the falling all over himself kind of person. The klutz, the goober. I think that's where Bateman fits in perfectly. I just don't 
So who do you have for Wadsworth then? Or do you not have one? Yeah, I have one. I have one for everyone. Uh, Who do you have for Wadsworth? Robert Downey Jr. Okay. Okay. I can go with that one. I think that's a good pick. I want someone that can do a butler accent. I don't think either of those two can do a butler's accent. Got to be have like a just a, a touch of British to it's it. It's gonna, it's gonna be like Ryan, Ryan, Ooh, Ryan Reynolds. Like hell no. Like he's gonna be like some like millennial butler, you know? Like, no. <laughs> millennial butler. You know he's like forty. No, he's not even millennial. Mike. I, I know he's not millennial. He's older than me. I know. <laughs> and I'm just saying that he, he, you know, he would like he wouldn't wear like a tux. He would wear a fucking sports jacket with jeans, you know, like <laughs> something like that, you know, he'd, he'd look like a half hipster butler or something. I don't, uh, I don't know. I'd see him in a tux. He wears a tux to all the uh, events. I think he'll be fine, but I see where you're coming from. You want, you want him aged a little bit. I, I, no, Robert Downey Jr. would be fine. And I forgot to mention this when I was talking about the, I like the movies where they explain what happened. I forgot to think about the movies where they explain what's going to happen also, which was like Sherlock yeah. Holmes, speaking of Robert Downey Jr. And RDJ. All right, so we got Wadsworth and Mrs. Green, Mrs. Peacock, Jessica Walter. She's from Arrested Development and um, Archer. She can play – she's older. She can kind of play a lunatic. She's actually extremely funny. So that's what I went with. What was her name again? Jessica Walter. She's the mom in Arrested Development. She's the she's Archer's mom in the TV show Archer. I could I could see that. I could see her. I like that one. I put down um Catherine O'Hare. Catherine O'Hare is a good pick too. That's an excellent pick. She's kinda of, I think I think you're I think you can like, win with like, either one of those. But but I, I think either one of those would do. I even you could even I might even like because um, I feel like they could both be older, you could switch out those people for Mrs. White and Miss Peacock. I feel like could either one of those people could play that character too, actually. Yeah, they could. And actually, Mrs. White's the next one I have, and I ended up putting Portia to Rossi there. Because I don't know why. I started on Arrested Development, and I landed on her too, because she is so, so funny. I think she's insanely talented and really, really funny. I, I agree. I think I might like her better than mine, even though mine's more famous. Who was uh, yours? I just keep thinking of Angry Bosses. Horrible Bosses and Jennifer Aniston. Yeah, but I, I think I like Portia de Rossi a little more there. Because she could just be... Like, Jennifer Aniston, she's almost too look too good looking to be ridiculous. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, she's, like, distractingly good looking. And Portia de Rossi can kind of be a mess. And I think she'd be perfect at it. But Jennifer Aniston's not a bad pick at all. Because she can be funny and foul-mouthed. Oh, also, this is going to have to be rated R, just for the record. Especially with Reynolds and Bateman and Walter and DeRossi, you're already you're already looking um, pretty ridiculous. So next, we had I had uh, Miss Scarlet, and I thought about it a little bit, and I wanted to go younger, and I ended up on Kristen Ritter. Um, I thought of her like from Don't Trust the Bee in Apartment Twenty Three. I actually did watch that show; it was kind of funny, but she can kind of be. A bitch. She can kind of be. She's still pretty attractive, and can have that. 
what's the word? Not really sex appeals, not the word I'm looking for because she has that naturally, but kind of just like a, a bravado who's to this? her that I think Miss Scarlet. But did you pick, did you say who you're going to do for her yet? Kristen Ritter. Kristen Ritter. Okay, that's how I was fun. That's what I was making sure. Okay. Yeah. Who'd you end up with? I did not end up with Christian Ritter. I decided that my version was going to be diversified a little bit. And I would try, I said maybe some Halle Berry. For Miss Scarlet. I thought you were going to make it a dude and make him a gigolo. No. (laughs) Mr. Scarlet. No. uh, Yeah. Halle Berry could work there. I don't, I don't see Halle Berry as like a, like even in the movie um, Swordfish, she's so likable. You're rooting for her. John Wick. You need someone you can hate. John Wick Three. Oh, see, I haven't seen it yet. Can you hate her in it? Yeah, you could hate her. Uh, okay, all right. I'm not saying no. I-, I like where you're at, and I have a little diversity coming later because I wanted I wanted a little bit of that too. So the last two. Which one do you want first, Professor Plum or Colonel Mustard? I want them all. <laughs> Which one do you want to do I first? Do Professor Plum. All right, Professor Plum. I landed on Larry David. You're He'd going, be a hard you're going get. Really old. Yeah, I went with really old. But when I looked at Christopher Lloyd, I looked at Larry David and went, "Yeah, yeah, that's it right there. He can be ridiculous. He can do the yelling and the screaming and the whining." And I wanted an older run. I wanted well, to go with an older I'm, person, and that's I'm kind of who I ended up somebody with. Somebody a lot younger. All right. And it is Bill Hader. Uh, always in on Bill Hader. Super, you, be, you know, Bill you Hader wouldn't be bad for Mr. Green either. He super dorky. Yeah, he wouldn't actually be bad for Mr. Green. I could see him being Mr. Green as well. I agree. Sorry, I didn't mean to throw no, that off no, there, but, but no, when I, you said I, it, it made me think you, of it. Like, this always ends with it happening. We're always like, you know, I do. I could see them in that role. I could actually, I could see them in that role. Yeah. No, uh, Bill Hader's Professor Plum would be fine, though. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so last, Colonel Mustard. I have Nick Offerman. That could work. I went with the diversity, and I went older too. I went with Keith David. Yeah. We've done Keith David <laughs> I, before. I, I I actually hovered over him for a while. <laughs> so I was like, you know, I was like. This seems like a, a Keith David like role right here. I could This just feels right like it. I could hear him ripping off one liners and yelling at people way more than Martin Mull ever did. Uh I feel like this movie has a the F word in it about a hundred and thirty times though. I think it would be tremendous. Make it make it, I'm, make I'm it almost like a Deadpool version of Clue. Yeah, you need to start working on it. Keep the gore out of it, at least somewhat. I mean, you got you got murders. You got at least when I show my when I show my want them to be like excessively bloody, you know, like we're just like comically bloody. Like, oh my god, yeah, we accidentally hit a vein, you know, and then the blood was all over me, and I had to change shirts, and you guys didn't even know, like, like really getting into it. You could really get into it. Um, I, I am curious to see what happens with this. I hope they don't screw it up. And speaking of that... I have other, I have general, other characters. Oh, you have other recasts. Okay. Yeah. Who do you got? All right, for Yvette, I said we could diversify this a little bit. Sofia Vergara. Yeah, she could work for Yvette really well. I said, you know, it's like 
I guess it was it was a Patrick Kennedy pick was his first pick, and I was like, oh, maybe she's too old for that role. But then as I thought about it, and I was like, no, that still makes sense for like a mid. No, no, it works. And it absolutely works, especially if you're going older with Miss Scarlet. That and like diversifying a little bit, like you said before, you know, like keeping. It doesn't. This movie, if it took, if you like modernize it, didn't make it take place back in 1980 something, it would totally make sense. You would have all these people in one room. Yeah, I mean they're all being blackmailed. That that Cause, covers cause I said, cause I all like, races. I was like my, I was like, oh, if you went younger, I was like, oh, you could get like Jennifer Lawrence or something like that. But you know, I actually considered her for Miss Scarlet until I'm like, I don't know. Oh no, actually, I think I had her for Mrs. White. And then I said, no, I'm going to, I'm going to up it by 10 years and go Portia to Rossi instead. Cause like Jennifer Lawrence can be funny, but we've added her for other things. And I wanted to change. That was the other thing is I wanted to pick people that I don't normally pick mm-hmm. for uh, these characters. Cause we always end up on the same, like seven people. It's always Zach Efron. And <laughs> cause we don't know anybody under 40 mm-hmm. um, or under 30, really. You know, I like me some Michael B. Jordan. So I'm, I'm, I wanted to go outside the box a little bit with who we picked for this one. I'm trying to think of who could be the ch- the chef. What if we had like a celebrity chef, like Rachel Ray or someone sneak in there? Yeah, or um, what's his face, Gordon Ramsay. I said that or Emma uh, Lagasse. Let's nah, bring him nah, back. No, no, no. I want Guy Fieri. I've changed my mind. <laughs> oh, here's your boy. <laughs> I want Guy. Fieri, I want Guy boy. Fieri because I'm, I don't want him to die, but I want him in that movie, and I would go see just because they put Guy Fieri in it. <laughs> He would come out in the middle of them eating their thing and just start talking out of nowhere. Everyone would be like, <laughs> "Shut up!" Out. In the next episode of Dyer Sevens and Dives, <laughs> we pull up to the mansion here. <laughs> like, shut up, guy! No one cares. Oh, that oh, would be oh. funny though. If it was like a celebrity chef, though, was their chef? That would be interesting. Hey, Little twist on that. Plum. How's that appetizer? Oh, that's out of bounds. <laughs> <laughs> Take me to Flavortown. <laughs> yeah. All right, that's definitely that's, that's definitely the cook for me. Yeah, Guy Fieri. Guy Fieri. I want upside um, down, backwards, sunglasses on. I want it all. Oh yeah, oh yeah, full on, crazy ass hair. Now I'm trying to. So we got a cop, and I mean the cop could be. My brother anyone. wanted Tay Diggs for some reason so bad in this movie that I was like, put down Tay Let's Diggs. make Tay Diggs the we'll make Tay Diggs the motorist. <laughs> okay, yeah, let's make Tay Diggs the motorist and let's make Terry Crews a cop. Okay, I like that. I like that'll work. And then um Who's the dancing I say we need a singing telegram. telegram. How about like uh Ariana Grande? Yeah. An actual singer. And she could dance real quick and then get shot and killed. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Just a quick little, maybe Miley Cyrus. <laughs> ah, she's a lunatic. Exactly. That's why. Although that's perfect for this movie. <laughs> that's why. Uh, sure, let's do it then. I think we got it. I, 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 I really do mean this. Though. I'm very curious to see what ends up happening with this because I don't, I really hope they don't screw this up. I trust Bateman. I trust Ryan Reynolds. Just hope they don't fuck this up they just need to if they take their time and do well with the writing i think it'll it'll be good like i'm worried they could make it too weird 
with like a Zach Galifianakis type weird, you know, they like start tossing him in as like randomly Professor Bum or something. Like I'll that. say this much: you re- you referenced this earlier. If they try at all to make this PC, I think it's going to hurt it really bad. I think they got to take the gloves off and just let it be funny. Well, and we've discussed that is is people don't even want to be comedians anymore because. Every other week, they're having to apologize for people when joke's a joke. Someone's going to think it's funny. Some people aren't going to think it's funny. You just got to deal with it. You know what I'm saying? I think um, what's going to happen is too many people are going to start saying, I'm not apologizing for jack shit. I'm a comedian. Get over it. Like it just happened with um, the queen of the woke, Ellen DeGeneres. She was sitting next to George W. Bush. At the Cowboys game the other like, why day. Why am I apologizing for this? It's like stupid. Yeah, it's like, well, I, turns out, by the way, um, I was not the biggest fan of his, but I didn't really have anything against him. Turns out he's actually a really interesting guy. And from what I understand, quite a nice person too. And his they as things have shown, he actually had a pretty good relationship with the Obamas and just kind of played a character on TV almost. So... Yeah, get over it, people. No, exactly, exactly. It's, Don't well, add me. Don't no, add it's, just, it's, just, it's, <laughs> it's just that you know, you're surrounded by this culture that if you don't agree on a political party now that you you can't even like coexist with each other, and it's ridiculous. Yeah. Well, it's poor, the left and the right do all the yelling, and everyone else like us in the middle gets. And it's, and it's obviously so. social media. Everything just gets out there and pummels in your face so much more, and edited and so it tweaks your mind one way more and more but political, political ran over well i want to say getting back to what we were saying i hope they don't fuck up this movie and the next movie we're doing i hope they don't touch and that's going to be the princess bride i was going to hint at it but i think i'm just going to come out and say it the next movie we're doing is the princess bride and i think we have to get your brother on for it I don't think it'd be fair without it, right? Um, we'll we'll see if we can get him. Get him. I can ask. We'll try and work around his schedule. We'll try and make it work. You have to do it at like six o'clock at night. Six in the afternoon. <laughs> after his <laughs> afternoon nap. <laughs> we afternoon nap. Well, we'll see if we can get we can get Patty K on here. But a quick shout out. Uh, I've been looking at some of our things. A thank you to uh, some of our international followers. I've noticed that we've got people in countries all over the world downloading us. Maybe it's by accident. They thought it was something else. But either way, appreciate it. But there's uh, on the northern UK, northeastern UK coast, we've got some listeners. I found some seem to be listening around Paris. So if you guys, wherever you're listening to us, send us a message. Twitter at work the watch PC email us work to watch podcast at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook, the Instagram. Uh, I think it's worth underscore the underscore watch underscore PC. Is that right, yes. Mike? Send us a message. Tell us where you're listening to us, who you're sharing it with. Uh, that's really interesting. I, I think it's awesome that we're, we're getting out there and people are finding us by God knows what means. But um, And also, try and leave us a rating if you don't mind. I know I'm asking a lot out of you, but share it and rate it because if you rate it, someone else might find it and say, hey, 
look, that's got four stars or one star. I'll think I'll listen to it. So um, I, I appreciate you guys following along and and listen to these movies. It seems like people are continuing to go back and listen to some of the old ones too. So if you've got a movie that you like, that your friends like, and you know someone that might enjoy listening to two assholes complain about it for a while, tell them about it. Anything else before we go? I didn't know you had two buttholes, Ed. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, we'll catch you later. Take it easy.